Off the ball. Does Lampard understand what his role is here? Oh, well, I've only been here a couple of days, you know. I can't sort out all the problems in that time. And you still think you're not here to sort out the problems? Subscribe now to the OTB Football Podcast stream wherever you get your podcasts and download the OTB Sports app. OTB's The Hurling Pod. With Board Gosh Energy, proud sponsors of the Senior Hurling Championship. Hello there, it's Wednesday which means it is time for a midweek bonus pod ahead of the start of championship this coming weekend. It is exclusive to the Hurling Pod feed so an extra little bit of content for you if you're subscribed here on the Hurling Pod feed. If you are, we would really appreciate if you give us a rating and possibly a review wherever you pick up your podcast to help boost us up along the charts and to get more people listening to the podcast. A very good 50 minutes or so coming up where the guys are going to take a look at all of your questions and comments. It includes Skell making some lists and Murphy picking some teams. Among them, their young hurler and hurler of the year picks for the coming season. It has a little bit of overflow ahead of the first weekend of the championship as well. Have a listen and we'll talk to you again next week. I will fly through some of the comments first and we can pick up on these if you want Uh, but Dan Hurling had a suggestion on the back of the idea where there were too many hand passes and Dan Hurling's idea is only allow a hand pass off the hurl may well be an option need to do something to speed up the game hurling hurl as in the physical stick a hurl or a hurley is slowly going out of the game of hurling Uh, John Carney was very bullish about Clare's chances we just heard about Clare from the lads Clare the only team to put it up to Limerick three draws against Limerick in 22 extra time in the Munster final the Banner boys are waiting in the tall grass Mm -hmm. Uh, Sean Howley one for you Skell Finn doesn't have the finishing prowess was your joke after we were talking about you know pretty much everyone but Finn scoring the week before and again his uh, opposite cornerback Barry Nash going up to get a goal Skell did you not know that Finn was the under 14 Limerick B corner forward well surprisingly well I didn't know that (laughs) (laughs) you do do now Um, but I, I think that maybe takes to your wider point a few weeks ago where you said there are lads there who are clearly forwards that have been converted into defenders defenders who could play as forwards etc yeah. etc uh, James Coughlin Limerick are great supporters who continue to show through the lean years uh, some of the best supporters in the country uh, which is a point coming off the back of I, I don't think we were suggesting there was an issue with any Limerick or Kilkenny fans but we had kind of guessed there was going to be about 20,000 at the league final and sure there was vast vast majority were Limerick fans at the final uh, Pwell 74 Colin O'Neill is unlucky as he's the best new player pushing for a first team place but he's up against Hegarty Lynch and Morrissey if he was able to operate in a full forward line he'd probably be a regular by now midfield could be an option as well and a couple of other commenters made the point that when Carl O'Neill went a little bit deeper in the league final he played quite well so I think that the point on that one Murph we were it was actually on the back of Dennis Walsh's article where he was saying that Colin Coughlin and Carl O'Neill were perhaps the two players that were earmarked in recent seasons to push for a starting 15 and yet were finding it difficult to get in despite their talent I don't think any of the three of us doubt Colin O'Neill's talent at all we had picked him out as a real star even ahead of championship last year yeah, we, we, we mentioned him a good few times last year in terms of being, um, I suppose, the, the best young prospect really in the country. Um, it's like I'd agree with him there. I mean, it is a very tough half-forward line to break into, but I don't doubt that John Kiley isn't also looking at him for other positions. It's just that the other positions as well um, are very tough to try and break into. I think the potential is there that, you know, if he did find a role for him in the full forward line, 
uh, that is potentially one because again midfield seems fairly sewn up with Limerick but look there's no doubt in Cahill O'Neill um, if he was in any other uh, county in the country at the moment he'd be starting I think that's a fair enough statement to say um, and again the, the, just with the comment where he was saying that a, a few people have even said that as the game opened up um, you know and as he went further back the pitch that he he grew into the game and that maybe it suited him and maybe just that type of game suited him as well but look again it just goes back to the competition that they have there's no doubt in the quality of Cahill O'Neill it's just again if you had to look at any other player you're comparing them side by side Keane Lynch Tom Morrissey Groot Hegarty it's just a tough time for Cahill O'Neill to break into a team but I've no doubt over the next few years I, uh, I think it's a fair statement to say that he will make himself a staple part of the starting lineup for Limerick Hmm. 91 Ada was wondering why is the GA not been advertising GA Go this season this came in on our Instagram uh, yesterday not a word said about it in the last couple of weeks um, there's a lot of GA Go this coming weekend so you've got Galway against Wexford on the Saturday at half past four uh, then you've got Leash against Dublin in the football on Sunday they're also showing the game between Clare and Tipperary and I saw on the week of there's a whole load of other games which are on across the next couple of weeks so you've got the uh, Connacht football championship semi-final between Sligo and New York is now on GA Go and they're showing Kerry and Tipperary uh, this Saturday at four o'clock as well and you've got Cavan versus Armagh is going to be available on GA Go at half six that game's also on the BBC so that's like six or seven this current weekend I think they've got a whole lot planned uh, for the weekend afterwards as well so it was a bit of a slow start maybe for the first two weekends but if you've got a season ticket there's plenty of GA Go uh, value to be had this coming weekend uh, some of the rest of the comments then coming in on the Insta uh, here's one for you um, Skell first you can both take this one is the Joe McDonough Cup helping or hindering the weaker counties should there be more teams in Leinster instead that one is coming in from Lean Chi it's, it's tough to, to, to provide a case towards more teams in Leinster um, mm-hmm. yeah. I, th- I think like again if you, you, you'd have to take out Galway Wexford Dublin uh, and Kilkenny to be honest then you could say you could nearly say that there's a, a degree of parity amongst the rest um, I would I'd say no look I point the finger towards uh, so we see the Dublin uh, the football championship is kicked off at the moment, right? In, in, in provincials, obviously. Hmm. Uh, but for me, the best part of the football calendar year is the leagues because that's when you've got the most parity. You've got the most competition, let's say, equal, equal competition. The worst part of the football championship for, in terms of results and games and competitiveness is the championship. It's the complete reverse for the hurling. The, the, the worst part of the league and the best part of the championship. I don't think if you introduce teams, you know, from the lower level leagues, let's say, into, into the championship in, in, in hurling, i.e. the Lee McCarthy, you're going to get, you know, a, a diluted championship. To be honest, and I know you might, you might, that's at their expense, but there has to be more time and effort put into the lower level championships, the McDonalds, the Rackers, the Rings. There's no point elevating them up to the top level championship and being at the end of hammerings, which is which is inevitable. They have to improve, but improvement in, in, at this stage, I think, is gradual. I don't think it's going to be be quite fast. So the likes of the Kildare's this world, they've now learned that the league and championship are, are chalk and cheese. You know what I mean? So if you introduce them into Leinster there's going to be weapons. That's the size of it. So they're going to have to ply their trade at the grade for a while and then try and cut their cloth for the, for the next one. So no, answer your question is no. They shouldn't be added to the, the Lee McCarthy or the Leinster. Yeah. Murph, I think um, I would probably be along the same lines. I think the tier championships are a good idea and they make for better competitions rather than having teams who take heavy defeats along the way. And also the other problem you would have if you were to introduce more teams into Leinster. And again, I think teams who are from their own province should in theory at least be able to play in their provincials but the way that the system is at the moment you would make Leinster way too bloated and big 
compared to a Munster Championship where it's played in a very streamlined way. One of the only ways that you can have the two championships running concurrently right now is that Leinster only has one team more than Munster currently. If you were to introduce a couple more, mm-hmm. it would become very difficult to actually run that championship off. It would, yeah. And again, it, it creates the pressure on Leinster to start that bit earlier. Um, and yeah, as you said, there, there's a few elements there that just make it not as streamlined. But I agree again with Skettle there. Like the reason these competitions came in was to, I suppose, even like give a, I suppose, these teams a chance to compete for a cup, uh, get a few victories at their own level, compete with teams at their own level. Um, and also, I suppose, as well, safeguard them, like, you know, protect them from putting them into taking an unbelievable hammering from a team that's absolutely flying it. You know, you can't do that. And if we look at the likes of, if, if we, I suppose, cross codes and go across to the football, and you see the likes of Westmead last year winning the Talton Cup. And then, like, I mean, the scenes we saw in Westmead because they were able to say, well, we were able to compete in Crow Park, take a cup home. Brilliant. And even speaking from someone from point of view that has played junior football for Kilkenny like that you know we got to go to Crow Park and play against granted teams that were bar our level and that's for a different comp- uh, conversation but nevertheless you weren't going out taking trouncings you were in a chance to win a trophy and that's what a lot of these teams look at and make a graduated step up to this level so there's 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 a lot of sites to look at this from two of the main ones like you said are a streamline and answer and keeping it in, in line with Munster and the second one is exactly as Cahill said there making sure the teams get to be competitive at their own level and make a gradual step up as opposed to lumping everyone in together and teams just taking hammerings. Hmm. Uh, electric Dinnies, guy, listen for you. Will Waterford go full on for Saturday or should they keep something in reserve for Cork seven days later? I admire the questions because I can see people are trying to play up you know, scenarios in their head. But yeah. from being part of, of county teams, like that is actually an admission of defeat straight away. Yeah, that, that, that's an awful way to be thinking psychologically and an awful way to actually it's an awful how would you say um, way for your management team to depict your team you know it's 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 not right at all it goes against yeah. the ethos of a, of a winning a winning or a championship mentality squad so the answer to that is absolutely no I think Waterford will go with the full strength they have at the minute oh, sorry they should go with the full strength they have at the minute put their best out against Limerick and what will be will be do you know what I mean? You have to, you can't flick a switch for next week and say, right, we're going to just pass off this first game and then we're going to really turn it on next week. It doesn't work that way. It does not work that way. It all leads in towards every game, you know, is as important as the next. So I I can't see a situation where we'll, whereby they're resting the tag to workers and they're resting the, you know, Desi Hutchinson's. I think they have to go as long as they can, put up their best efforts and uh, get the show on the road. It would send out a horrific signal as well, Murph, even if Davy and his management team were to surround and say, okay, it's going to be very difficult to be Limerick, so therefore we want to be in the best possible shape for weekend two. To turn around and say, actually, you're playing the All-Ireland Champions, and as a result, I'm going to play a second team, and we're just going to take the loss. That would send out a signal for the whole championship. Oh, it's, it'd just kill any sort of morale you have within the panel, because yeah. it's just a, it'd be just a damning indictment to your team that you just you're, you want them to have belief. Uh, one way or another, you just want them to believe that any day they go out, there's potential they can win. And like, if they go out and put in a serious performance, like play their best team, have a serious good performance against Limerick, and that's 
that means different things when you're playing different teams but against Limerick it's potentially going out there and you know keeping within five or six points of them that in itself would take huge confidence from Waterford going forward but I think you'd lay down a serious marker if you put out a second team at the weekend and like Scott said I actually appreciate the thought that went into that question because you know it just shows that people are thinking about what are the, the outcomes of playing your best team against Limerick but I think the repercussions for not playing your best team are a lot worse than putting out your best team giving it a good go and then going, do you know what, lads? No one is expecting us to win that game today. Okay, so we didn't. But you know what? We're headed in the right direction here. Let's go out and put in the same performance that will get us a win the following week, potentially. So, no, I think you'd uh, you'd draw a line under a lot of things at the weekend if you if you went out with that attitude and you even mentioned it to the team that this is what you're doing. I mean, psychologically, you're ahead of being the bin, to be honest. Hmm. Yeah, and what, what would it do to the panel members in the, the, they're at the, the, you know, the behest oh, yeah. here and they can get hammered that would just wreck them yeah even they're waking up them. that morning for the game I mean you're there going we're, we're, we're essentially like if we had our best team out here potentially we'd get bit well by Limerick but we're putting out potentially could be a second string team if they let's say we go at the extreme end and say that's what they're going to do hmm. waking up the morning of that game you were absolutely dreading what's going to come your way do you know yeah. Um, so it's yeah, it's. I don't think the ne- I think the negatives completely outweigh the positives in this. If you were to do that, yeah. Uh, well, look, Scott, you're the expert on this, so you can answer this one. Peter Martin, eighteen. Do Galway hurlers have the depth in their panel currently to compete for the All Ireland? Uh, for, sorry, Con- for, to compete? Yes, uh, obviously, uh, definitely to compete. Yeah, I thought you were wrong there for a second. <laughs> no, I have three different words in my head. I had participate, <laughs> compete, and contend. They're the three words I had in my head. Galway yeah. and All Ireland were mentioned in the sentence, and you yeah. suddenly giddy up. No, because I was trying to find the word. I had, as I said, I had participate, compete, and contend. They're the three words yeah. in my head. Right, on you go. Participate easily, compete, yes. Contend, I, I just don't know. Again, I, I hate how what's, what's the difference between compete and contend, by the way? So, like, yeah. compete. So, they, I, can they win the Leinster Championship? I think they can. Okay. You know, can they get through a semi-final in Ireland? Yeah, potentially, I think they can. You know, but then can they can they beat Limerick in the final? At, at at this moment, right now, I would say no, they can't. So, like, at the series contenders, they're, they're look contenders is a hard word throughout there when you're considering the animal that that, that every team has to go up against in Limerick. Um, but I always say there's a chance. There's always a chance. So, they can compete certainly. Like, I think a successful year for Galway. Um, I'm not going to be flippant and say, yeah, it's win the Ireland. Of course that is, but is that, is that realistic? I, I have to hold my hand up and say no. You know, okay. if we win the Leinster Championship, get through to the semi-final and then compete in the Ireland final, you know, that's, that's a major successful year for us, I think. Okay. Especially with the age, the age profile that we're trying to blood into the group at the moment. So, take from that what you will. Mm, I think there's plenty we can take from it. I think it's funny because people would think in their head the progress for Galway would have to mean either winning the Leinster Championship this year or getting over that All-Ireland semi-final. But maybe that isn't exactly looking at the wider picture of where Galway are going if they're the standards for this season. Yeah, like the last time we won the Leinster was 2018. You know, so like we got knocked out in the group stages in 19. Um, in 20, we were beaten in the final. 21, knocked out in the, in a, I won't say group stages, but knockout stages as well. So like 22, beaten in the final. So our Leinster record hasn't been hectic over the last four years. And we've lost two finals since we won one. So for me, it's like if we win a Leinster final against the Kenny group who has got to a league final and won the last couple of Leinsters, that's, that's a positive outcome, you know. And to be honest, as a goalman, I'm, you know, I won't, expecting is the wrong word to you, but I would be, I wouldn't really be expecting this to happen. You know, if they're going to go anywhere, they have to get through that, that route. Um, that's where the goal to Kenny game below in the park is going to be, uh, it'll be a decider, to be honest, you know, for where, 
where teams are going. It, it becomes even more important, Murph, when you consider because we all must take it at the start of the year that Limerick are now going to win Munster, that there is an advantage from winning Leinster just to avoid them for as long as possible. Yeah, yeah, it's a fair statement. Um, I don't mean that. I don't mean a downbeat way, but given how no. far Limerick have looked to be ahead, you'd be much better off to get to, I think, an All Ireland final now without having to play them and take your chance that someone else beats them in the semi final. Absolutely, yeah. Like I mean, potentially any team, any team coming out of Leinster who think they can win the All Ireland. The question is, do you think you can beat Limerick once? Whereas uh, teams coming out of Munster, it's can you beat them twice? If not beat them twice, can you ship? not beating them the first time and go at them again the second time because they're going to be there, you know. So it's, no, I'd agree with you. Like, you know, the teams can focus on Leinster and go, okay, these are the games we're going at. And Kenny and Galway will have each other lined up in terms of that's the big one that definitely sets out your stall for the year with Kenny and uh, Kenny and Galway. So they'll be looking at each other going, look, you know, whoever wins that game, is is really the one that is is setting their stall out for the All Ireland or having a, a tilt at at Limerick. So whereas all other teams in Munster, you know, they're looking at danger all over the place, you know, and they're looking to try and wade through the Munster Championship, come out of it, and potentially have to face Limerick for a second time after potentially having been bet by them already. You know, so it is trickier, definitely. Ryan Ward. Now, obviously, I made, a, I made a mental slip earlier and I said they'll do six and seven seasons. So that's probably my answer to this question. But how many years can this Limerick team keep winning? Skell, uh, I, uh, I don't know you want to put a number on this. Um, and I presume we mean Liam McCarthy's because I think this team yeah. will be winning Munsters or Leagues, whatever it win the Liam McCarthy for quite some time. See, th- this team, I, I won't say this team, I'll say Limerick because... I just think the, they're systematically they're so strong at the minute that when they do blood in the younger players, it'll be a continuation of same. Some of them mightn't have the that, that, the absolute top level quality we see from the Lynches and the, the Hayes at the minute, but definitely they're not going to drop off. So I don't think that's going to happen anywhere. Um, when a team is going through their pomp, you think it's never going to end. <laughs> and that's the way people uh, at the minute are probably viewing Limerick, but their average age is 28 years and four months. So if you take their strongest 15. So would you say they have two really strong seasons ahead of them on top of this one? I would say yeah you would you know so that means they're going to the average age of the team will head into, into 30 that then is, is new ground you know in, in intercompetent terms nowadays so I think if you're looking at them to be as dominant as they are how long will it last the 23 season yes the 24 season yes 25 season question mark so that's that's me saying with a degree of confidence like I, it's very hard for me to see where this stops in the next 18 months okay the interesting question on the back of that Murph might well be if systematically things are in place and again I don't know what happens when John Kiley leaves eventually and whoever takes over um, like we saw with Dublin mm-hmm. right up until the point that Jim Gavin left they looked unbeatable and even the mm-hmm. year afterwards it rocked on then they had a rocky patch for a couple of seasons and now it looks like they're coming back as All-Ireland contenders again with some of their players coming back in do we take it now that Limerick as a county as a hurling county are now going to be at the elite level for the next few years that this isn't just a batch of hurlers that have come through do you think they're actually here for the longer haul now? Um, well no I do think they are here for the longer haul definitely and that's not to say that they go on and keep winning uh, all, all Ireland's back to back or anything like that I do agree with Skettle in that the next 18 months you know they just look like the most potent team by far and don't look like slowing down um, I still hold out hope that teams will go at them and, and potentially beat them but there's lots of things that can happen um, the conveyor belt their underage structures you know they have put in and that's 
if you want this to keep going, that's where you have to put in the effort. And, and Limerick have done that. You know, Limerick do have those structures in place. But with that being said, that doesn't mean that some of these players that are currently within the Limerick team don't start to drip away. And when they when they start to step away and, and retire, that while other players are coming in, that teams don't go along and start beating them while they're blooding new players. That's where I think the gap starts to happen. Um, and, and, and it's funny, even look, just even looking from my own experience, you know, you look at Kilkenny, 2009 um, that was the transition happening with Tipperary Tipperary come along in 2010 get that victory people think Kenny are gone but next thing back again 11 and 12 13 you know dropping off the red are all together being bet in the quarterfinal by Cork people were like well that's it and then 14, 15 second lease of life again and going at it so like that's where I think Limerick are going like Limerick may drop off it for a year but with the structures they have in place there's so many counties now trying to not only get up to them with their senior team but have the structures in place with their underage whereby they can continuously feed in players into the system. And the big one is it's it's across the county. You're not just trying to, you know, have your development squads or whatever each county calls it. It's the thing of, you know, the rising tide lifts all ships. You want it across your whole county. And Limerick are really competitive at lots of levels within their clubs uh, and then also within their secondary schools as well. You know, there's lots of competition there. So that's where I think the real benefit from Limerick will, will, will come. Players will fall away, certainly, and that's the years that I think players or other counties will 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 turn over Limerick. But I do think they do have the the, the players coming through then, and we've mentioned a few of them already: Cochrane, Cahill O'Neill, and these lads. And there's many more behind them that will feed into it. So you know, it's it, it won't slow down for them. They, they'll have years where they'll come away from the top, but I think it, there will be a good few, maybe decade or two here of Limerick. You know, just staying up at the top of the top tier of uh, Ireland. Yeah, um, there are some list-based questions which I'll give you in a second, but uh, this one is kind of related to the idea of Limerick against Waterford. Uh, it was an email that came in from Sean, who has identified himself as a Waterford supporter who is currently living behind enemy lines in County Cork. So, hi, Will, really enjoying the podcast. Question for the preview pods. Would there be any chance Waterford would not go full tilt into the opening game versus Limerick, which is very similar to uh, one of the comments we got on Instagram? Uh, his saying, given the PTSD that we've seen with efforts going into Limerick games in recent seasons, putting in a big shift versus Limerick and losing most likely will make the trip to Cork high risk the following week thanks from Sean uh, so again the lads have kind of addressed that a second ago um, also a question I thought was quite interesting from D in Ennis and Scott I'll give you a first shout in this Hi Will it would be great to hear the lads in the pod talk about injury prevention was this a thing in their time uh, some players seem to be very unlucky i.e. in soccer at the moment Evan Ferguson has gotten injured a bit lately uh, were there any particular things that the lads would do to make sure that they were minimising chance of injury now, your shoulder injury is probably the one that stands out, Skell, but yeah. outside of that, were there prevention measures you were taking? I think at the time, you see, we have to understand, when I first came into the squad, um, you know, something as simple as like, stretching and S&C wasn't... Like, stretching, yes, but S&C wasn't really, you know, in at the time. I'd say probably Kilkenny were the first team to probably introduce that, you know, to, to, to a, on, a, on a continuous level. Hmm. Uh, S&C now is treated as, yes, strength and conditioning, but it's also pre prehabilitation so you're kind of it's preventive measures for injuries so that's why you see all the youth at the minute from under 14s right up to senior level doing a specific set of exercises specific to your age and size to try and build yourself into uh, a model that's not going to get injured so for i think the first few years that wasn't really in you know with 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 Galway at the time uh we then as kind of 2011 2012 approached snc became more apparent and then from 13 14 it just seemed to take off everywhere um, so I think the S&C kind of coincides with yes getting fit and getting strong but also making sure that you can withstand you know the 
the trials and tribulations of inter-county hurling I'd say um, but from a shoulder perspective yeah again my body is just naturally rigid so I couldn't really do much about that um, as less as when I hit the ground <laughs> the ground doesn't go down <laughs> my shoulder comes out you know what I mean so if you were rigid would you not have gone off and done yoga or something I tried yeah I did, yeah, I did yoga um, pure shite it just yeah straight, straight up like you know what I mean pure shit uh, and it was kind of yeah it was like oh god I, at the time to be honest with you, I won't lie to you I, I really did hate doing something I wasn't good at you know okay. I, I loved the gym don't get me wrong and, but I absolutely hated yoga and that probably did participate in me picking up one or two serious injuries that I didn't have the the flexibility of like uh, who know and Owen Murphy Owen Murphy just comes across as a guy that's just really you know pliable and flexible so maybe he does it or maybe he's just naturally that way but Again, that wasn't for me at the time. And I don't look back at it and say, geez, I should have done it. You know, I tried it, didn't like it. And here, here I am. <laughs> so, with all the aches and pains. <laughs> Murph, what about you? Did you have any specific injury prevention plans? Um, not necessarily injury prevention plans. Um, I think ignorance was 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 bliss nearly in my, in my case. Like I, I would have had a few injuries in terms of did my SE joint pull hamstrings, rolled my ankle fairly well, badly enough against Dublin back in 2013, and kind of that would have come back a small bit against me. Like, but really, that's where, if I'm being very honest, I would have just started kind of looking after those injuries and then learning from those. One thing, in fairness, that. I was good at was that if when I tore my hamstring, I remember just making it my absolute entire focus that how do I get this right and competing against another fella who was in the or two fellas who were in the panel at the time who also had hamstring injuries and using them as a mark saying right I'm going to compete against them to get back right which that was the only way if that's a type of injury prevention or maybe that's obviously rehab mm. but you know a lot of it was really I suppose. I suppose just the awareness of talking to strength and conditioning staff, like I would have always been stayed in the gym while we were hurling, which again, some players can neglect the gym work once they get out in the pitch um, and start playing because, you know, once you once the summer comes in, the, the I suppose the draw is to stay out in the pitch and you're all hurling, um, you know, you're running, you're doing all that. But if you neglect your bit of strength work, potentially injuries can creep in there. Now, mobility is the biggest part of it, really, that I can see. And far be it for me to be an expert on it. But your mobility and flexibility, like a lot of players will know where their weaknesses are. You know, tight hamstrings leading to tight back, you know, leading to tight hips. Hips being the biggest one, really, for GA players. Um, and then a lot of it then can also come down to the type of exercise you're doing you know a lot of lads are going in and do gym work it might necessarily be functional gym work for what they're doing on the pitch and that again can lead to injuries and can lead to a lot of frustration but you always have to preface a lot of this with the fact that you know I played with players and let's say if I think it likes Michael Rice Michael Rice was the most diligent player I played with and that man was so unlucky with injuries and you know I don't often use luck or anything like that involved I believe you control a lot of these things yourself but, you know, you, he defied all logic because unfortunately for him, he kept picking up injuries. And the most dedicated person doing rehab, prehab, everything you could possibly do and still just picked up the injuries. So unfortunately, some players, um, you know, they can just go through the rigors of injuries throughout their career. And it's it seems very unfair, but that can sometimes just be the nature of it as well. Hmm. Yeah, now, question for you that you're going to love Skell to start with because there's list nature to this and you're not going to make the error you did last year where you left out Tony Kelly and got crucified for it. Evan O'Hearn, and full disclosure, 
Murph earlier thought when I stuck this in the group that I was putting Evan Hearn in as one of the top five hurlers <laughs> in the country. But yeah. I was putting Evan's question in. Oh, I, I shit myself. I like, who, do I not know anything about hurling? Who's Evan Hearn? <laughs> <laughs> He's a bolter from the league. He's been doing fantastic. Like, I was like, I bet you he was hurling five. corner forward for Galway now in the other 20s the He's weekend or something through. like this now. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Anyway. So Evan Hearn's question is top five hurlers in the country currently. So I have a quick think both of you about that for a second because I just want to read out the email that we got. I'm not going to go through the entire Google Doc because there's quite a bit in this I sent it to Murph during the week we got this on Wednesday well Will enjoyed the pod last Monday Uh, great balance of hurling analysis in the crack enjoyed the American sports references that's actually where we took the inspiration for our name from all around the NFL lads we became all around the GAA Uh, delighted to get a mention just that we need to clarify one or two things because we were joking about them being from Tipperary first of all we actually don't have any Tipperary representation we're comprised of two Kilkenny lads and one from Cork by Please see the attached Google document for our justifications. Everyone will have their own opinions and teams don't want to go out slating players earlier. Uh, we're happy with our team now, though the Cork boy still wants Mark Ellis in a centre-back. All the best from all the lads at all around the GEA. And to their credit, and actually, I, don't know, I can probably tweet this out because the, um, I can tweet a link to the Google Doc if anyone wants to see where they've got the players in. But they've given us a full breakdown. And this is why I enjoyed Murph. You know, yep. They were saying, we acknowledge Owen Murphy's uh, shot-stopping ability, but we believe the puckouts are crucial. We're up to 40 for game. Therefore, we want young Barry Hogan, who is impressed us with his puckouts. Dolly Burke and Hugh Lawler are big and physical, arguably the two best inside defenders in the country. They're tasked with handling Galan and Flanagan. Ronan Mara's versatility and intelligent ability make him perfect as an auxiliary cornerback. We've got Tyg de Burke there to uh, steer things from number six, just like Declan Hannon. Joe Cooney, Park Mannion, well-equipped to deal with the Limerick wing forwards. Uh, Hegarty drifting over there, as well as Morrissey or O'Neill. Fitzgibbon, pace, 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 and more pace. Let's get running at this Limerick defence. Mullen is a sniper from range who can pick a pass from inside the midfield. And then they've got Jason Ford's previous performances against Limerick have earned them a place in the team. And it goes on with more and more justification for why they've picked everyone wherever else on the team. I actually quite respect that they went through that because, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, we were obviously having a bit of crack with it, but they've justified it. Maybe not as much as Scal saying, I'm worried that Ozzy would have been sent off. But I like the fact that they went back and gave us the reasoning for this. This wasn't just them throwing 15 lads onto a graphic, clearly. Yeah, yeah, no, in fairness. And and as I said last week, the channel, uh, like they put up the graphic as well. They put in, they sent us in the pictures, they sent us in the Google documents. So very hard to follow the lads. And in fairness to them now, they're... Uh, they're becoming a great material for us now because they're putting it up to us. In fairness, our team yeah. selections. We didn't. I didn't even put together a Google Doc for my team selection. No. So fair play to him. Yeah. The next time we do, the next time we have to do a team selection, we have to get all the lads to do walk to the camera and turn around and cross their shoulders, <laughs> and trust their arms. That's what we're going to do next time, <laughs> like, like soccer. I think I think next time let's put down a challenge when we have one of those type of uh, questions and we'll get those guys to pick their team as well. I could put them against you so we can yeah. get a bit of a uh, bit of movement going back and forth there. Uh, to Evan's question, Skell, give me your top five hurlers in the country. Why am I going first? Because you like Just, to go first. No, I don't. I, 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 I Fine, Murph, if you go first then. Go on, if he's going to complain. Yeah, go I won't fucking complain about it. So gonna... <laughs> uh, no particular order. Happy yeah. enough? Just, That's fine. Just top five, yeah. So we'll go... Uh, Keen Lynch TJ Reid Dermot Burns Barry Nash Tony Kelly Nash and Kelly so Kelly is in Kelly's in go on Skell you're going to have something left field here I know what I'm going to say this now right Cottle Mannion but go on right I'm just no, going to say no would you believe I haven't got a goal for them in the okay, okay. I just thought you would go for Cottle Mannion okay. I thought it was going to be like Cottle Mannion Conor Whelan yeah yeah the, ret- I, the returning I, I, have been, <laughs> I, I, I have a boulder as well 
Oh, I love the ball. It sounds terrible when, it, when it's a Kilkenny player and it didn't come for the Kilkenny man. But if you were saying top five players in the country and you were saying it's a bolter, are you not already undermining the fact that no, you're saying I, he's a bolter? I, I love it. If I okay, was going chased, I'd love this out of my team. I want Owen Cody in my team. Oh, yeah. 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 yeah, yeah I, I, I do think he's one of the top five. Yeah, it's fine. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just so torn the last one. I have Keen Lynch, I have Kyle Hayes, I have Tony Kelly, I have Owen, K- Owen Cody. And then I, I have like Hugh Murphy, I have Barry Nash and I have TJ Reid. I had Cahan Manion as an option, don't get me wrong. <laughs> so please excuse me for that one. Right. If you, tell you, if you think Carl Manion is in the top five in the country, put him in there. Yeah, this is your top five. But you go with five now because you have to name an eight players now. That's it. Cahan it's Manion. tough though. Yeah. Carl Manion's going in. He's going in. Is he? Sorry. Screw the lottie. Cahan Manion's going in. He's my guy. So who's the five? Who's the five? Keen Lynch, Kyle Hayes, Tony Kelly, Owen Cody, Cahan Manion. Now, I'd be a bad host if I didn't say at that point that screw ye, he's going in as justification. Give us a bit more. Why are you putting Carl Mannion in there ahead of the likes of Burns and Gary? Yeah, Everton? look, look, when you're in a top class team, I, I and I mean this with respect, it probably is nearly easier to look top class. Okay, okay? I'm not saying every other guy is top class. So I'm just saying that Key Lynch, I think, is a Rolls Royce player. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And then behind him is Kyle Hayes, an athletic freak who can play anywhere. And I also think that if you put Keane Lynch centre back, he'd be the same. He'd be as influential for you. I just think he's that good. Those two guys, Tony Kelly. Admittedly, I left him out last year, um, but he is in the top five. <laughs> admittedly, Owen Cody. I just I don't know. There's something about him. Strong, bold. You know what I mean? Direct. Win his own ball. Likes high ball. Likes low ball. Can take it on. I just think he's going to be like he's top class for me. Yeah. I, I'd, I'd have him in any team in the country to be honest. Mm-hmm. Uh, and. And again, I make no bones with that one. Cotton Manning, I've seen him up close. He's an absolute athletic freak. Um, he's just like like Paul was saying. He's had a bad run with injury at the minute. He's coming back nicely, I think. And I think he's playing for a big championship. He is top drawer lads when he's when he's hurling, hurling nicely. That guy can score, you know, from anywhere. So his skill set is huge. You know, like in terms of skill, what he can produce in skill, he's right up there with the very very top. So he's in my top five. Um, yeah. You've TJ Murphy, right? And I know TJ is influential, hugely influential. Mm. And he's a high ball merchant, right? I, do, I just think he's he's probably. Don't, and this, this this is going to come across wrong. He's he's 35 this year, yeah? Yeah. yeah. Mm. So maybe his athletic influence is not quite on the same level as the Hayes, the Kelly's, the Cody's, the Manning's, right? Mm. He's a top class player. He's a freak. He's, he's a shooter. Um, but if I was to pick him in a team. Between himself and Owen Cody, I have to say I'm picking Cody. Okay, that's yeah. fair enough. Mm-hmm. Ah, like Owen Cody's a remarkable player. Like, I mean, I'm looking at my team now and I'm looking at, be honest, when they're going, ah, Chiz, I nearly got rid of Dear McBurns and put in Owen Cody. But, like, uh, I tell you what, something that Owen Cody is, does that I don't think any player does better than him. Like, he cruises out to a ball and he can come at it with either hand in terms of taking him with either hand. Now, like, I think anybody who was at the county final last year in Nolan Park. It was just remarkable. And even this thing of he has an extra second on the ball. He runs at players. Then he'll just stop and he'll turn around and come back and, you know, check his check his step, hand pass it off. It's just, it's remarkable what he does. And like, if you think back to that video clip of the great Balahale point against James Stevens last year, who eventually ended up with Evan Shefflin, 
And you look at likes of himself and Adrian Mullen, like them two boys grew up with each other. And it's remarkable when you see a, a kind of a relationship on a pitch of two boys who completely just understand each other and just weave in and out. I think that's one very strong thing that Kenny have for them is those two lads are such instinctive players when they play with each other, when they play for Ballahale or play for Kenny. And they read it so well, they read the game so well. But then as standalone players, their individual skill and toughness and everything is absolutely remarkable. So like, you know, you could sit here, like that top five, we could sit here and now are guaranteed two or three of those players to change around because you'd make arguments for other, for other lads. But uh, look, Owen Cody, he's a remarkable hurler. Yeah. And like, I mean, we've only seen the start of Owen Cody as far as I can say. Will, I have to hear yours. Ooh. Ah, see, I wasn't expecting this. We weren't either. Like, the show is with the fuck now, my friend, isn't it? Yeah, you're kind of there. I'll just ask the questions. I'll sit back, listen to oh, them. No, no. There's certain uh, ones I, I need to get your opinion on too. Scrub and them down. Shane Dooley, done. The, yeah, the, the back of a sticker here. Uh, well, Lynch is obvious. So Lynch I'm going to have in. Um, yeah, you've I'm going to have Gerard Hegarty, even if you guys aren't. I'll put in his... Then let's see. Then it becomes a bit more complicated. I think I'll have Kelly as well as number four. Okay. That leaves me just one to go. And this is the problem when you've got so many Limerick players that are in contention to be even inside the top five. And I'm annoyingly going to go for another one because of his unique skill set. And I'm going to put Dermot Burns into the top five as well. Yeah, yeah. And I'm sure that'll change as the championship goes on. And that's not to take away from anyone from the other teams, but... I just think like Limerick at the moment is one of the main reasons they're so successful quite aside from the way they're hurled they've just got four of the five best players in the country right now yeah I mean we picked when we were picking against the 15 didn't we pick I think eight Limerick players onto the team if we were <laughs> we had a selection of everybody <laughs> at the drop so. of a hat like yeah yeah but there you go um, not, trying to be, not trying to be dismissive right, but do you reckon if you took out your five players there out of their respective squads yep and put them into other counties not Limerick now Mm-hmm. Would they be as effective? On uh, your five, Keen Lynch, yes. Lynch and Hegarty definitely would be. Yeah, Kyle Hayes, you Kyle Hayes will injure. Yeah. Yes, Hegarty, yes. Would you remember Burns? Would he get the same? Well, he'd certainly be a hell of an asset to have. Skell, a guy who can hit long range points, long range frees generally does very well as a defender against his marker at the same time. Mm-hmm. You're not saying that pretty much any team, given that everyone is playing a system at the moment where you want your half-back line to be dominant that he wouldn't actually be in addition to everyone else? Yeah, I just think that, the, you know, the system does apply a, like a, an air, po- I suppose, facilitation to Limerick at the minute. Yeah. Only because they're so good at it. <laughs> Don't get me wrong. I know. I, I like, you see, if I was to take your NFL example and say if we did have a draft, and I'm sure this would be a question probably from someone for next week, if you had an overall draft, Keen Lynch would go in the first round because there's not oh, one really? team who wouldn't be... Don't this to me now. Oh, I will do this uh, no. <laughs> oh, straight away, Will. I've got 32 picks now, haven't I? <laughs> yeah. 32. Okay. Okay. Fine. That's fine. I'm going to do that. I'm Let's do, do this on a lean week, though, when it's really quiet and we <laughs> yeah, have an excuse yeah, to yeah, go. Exactly. Ah, it's the break week in the championship. Now we're going to do an NFL draft and we're going to pick a first round for uh, 32 different players. His two what? great loves together. Three great loves. Her this is, NFL this is and brilliant. This is um, brilliant. I, so I'm going to take all the Leinster and Munster counties, right? Leinster yeah. championship counties, and I'm going to make a three round draft. Oh, man. I have a few next week. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, fair enough. You can have it for next week, yeah. Um oh, but I genuinely think Keen Lynch would go first round. I think he'd be the first pick if teams could have someone because you'd then build your team around him. You'd have him mm. in midfield and he'd be your Lynch pick. <laughs> this is brilliant. No pun intended. No pun intended. Entirely oh. intended that. The way. other side is if you were going with a draft, you'd be looking at 
longevity in players though as well like I mean you're not like you pick top five players currently that's mm. a different question than if there's a transfer market and who you buy in that's different again that's a very fair point you know I like one of those counties may well go Owen Cody Adrian Mullen look at their age profile yeah they'd be perfect for us to bring in or you yeah. might just go for the the best scoring forward that you can possibly bring in Mm. might be the intention because forwards like are obviously going to be more valuable as the I can't believe we're giving full credence to this draft idea I'm happy <laughs> I'm myself going so Westmead are getting the first pick okay and then Antrim and then Dublin and then Wexford okay, ah, Jesus. okay. okay. Ah, this, this, will, this will be good by the way because I'm interested to see where, where some players like Owen O'Donnell or Killian Doyle or you know these players where they're going to end up would yeah. the top teams be trading for them as well and Scale is going to reveal all next week we'll see where everyone has gone congratulations James yeah <laughs> and we'll ask the guys smaller in the GA to make a big graphic so that we can see the depth so chart for each franchise that means we have to get Borgosh to sponsor a combine in Abbottstown one of the days yeah what we need you you to do Scanlon is get a big white suit and a cigar to rock on all the, with your with your NFL rings and stuff like that as well yeah the Westmead Wolverines pick oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> the Kilkenny Clowns pick Aye, <laughs> and there's the me the Kilkenny Cats were already available but there you go but this is it yeah. um, I'll take the next one then because you guys get away with this so uh, Rocky's Pip who is a Clare man in Kerry asked to pick a best 15 from the Joe McDonough counties first thing I realised when I started sketching this down and this is very early doors so by all means if the all around the GA crowd or someone else wants to come in with other ideas there's a lot of forward talent in the Joe McDonough right now so this is actually quite tricky to pick and someone is going to definitely shoot me for picking an injured player at full forward but I think he's the best full forward in the Joe McDonough so my goalkeeper is Ender Rowland He's been an all-star nominee. Um, I think he's the best keeper across the counties there. I've put two Offaly defenders in, and maybe this is biased based on how the Joe McDonough's been going so far, but Ben Keneally and Kieran Burke. And I've put Owen Ross of Kerry, who has been hurling a bit at wing-back but can play a cornerback, is going to be my other cornerback. Then I've got Rian Bourne from Kildare is going to be at wing-back. Paddy Purcell, who I appreciate has gone into the forwards the last couple of games, but I think can play at six. Eric Lean is going to be the other wing-back. Got the two star players of the team are going to play in midfield and good luck dealing with these two lads. So you've got Keelan Kiley and you've got Fiona McKessie who are going to be in midfield. Owen Cal of Offaly, Chris Nolan of Carlo and Picky Marr are going to be my half forward line. And I've got Shane Conway, Oshin Kelly who's injured but I still think is the best full forward in the Joe McDonough and Marty Kavanagh who's been shooting the lights out for Carlo so far are going to be my 15 so that's my Joe McDonough 15 I'm sure there's people who are going to say they've got better options particularly around the defence where I don't have to hurl one or two guys out of position but by all means throw it in on the comments or send us a tweet with players that you think should be in the Joe McDonough team and there's a string of forwards that could be in that team that aren't in there so that's a tricky one to pick but I'll let the lads pick the last couple because I took that bullet for them Owen Murphy 81 and also RN80 both sent the same question almost exactly the same wording as well pick your hurler of the year ahead of the championship and who will be young hurler of the year so. Jesus oh um. so right. there will be nobody in Limerick that will get young hurler of the year unlikely they won't, they won't play enough minutes is that fair to say I would say very unlikely yeah so unless there's Limer- a bolter and a half here Oh geez, that we no, there wouldn't be, would there? No. Like I, I, I think no. a big element here as well is that like your hurler of the year, because we have so many games, 
like particularly years ago when it was tougher twin hurler the year when like let's say like said Tony Brown or these lads you know Dan Shanahan would have won it mm-hmm. um, where like they won it from a little bit further out the fact that you have such a spread of games I think really has to be taken into consideration like oftentimes obviously enough it'll come from the All-Ireland champions but because you have such a spread of games like the potential for a hurler of the year come from a team that may be beaten is also a possibility I know because Limerick are so dominant that that's a smaller possibility but it's just the fact that you have more games now and potential to see that but nevertheless I'll, I'll throw it out first I going by form at the moment and if he continues it I think Barry Nash could be hurler of the year okay just from what he's bringing and then but, but, by the way when you're thinking of young hurler just you know you were saying about like say the coming from a, a player outside of the All-Ireland Champions mm. Ozzy Gleeson in 2016 is the last to come from the non-All-Ireland Champions oh yeah okay. and I think he was the first in a while before that as well but anyway that's not to get off the beat for, for young hurler of the year Dan Shannon no, was the last but he, won, he won both no so hurler of the year was Ozzy Gleeson in 2016 yeah, yeah. Dan Shanahan would have been around 2007. 2007 yeah yeah and I think they were they're the last two in a effectively a generation like it follows the All-Ireland cycle other than that but anyway yeah uh, I'd say young hurler of the year I'm going to go with Billy Drin young hurler of the year at the moment I don't see anyone else having as much a prominent role as him potentially in a team for the year so that guarantees Murph he's going to get lots of game time I know I've asked you two or three mm. times about this but you think even with say some of the frontline players being in from last year for Kilkenny even with TJ being back in the team you still think that Billy Drennan is going to be very important for Kilkenny? Yeah, like, I mean, I wouldn't have hung everything on the fact that, uh, like, it's, it's a remarkable achievement for such a young player, like, you know, a 20-year-old to be able to go and potentially put a question over, like, people are asking, will he be still be on a freeze when TJ comes back? That's a great compliment in himself. But, mm. you know, I've seen in so many games that he's making the ball stick from play. He's making the ball stick. He's cruising around, you know, he's racking up, I'd say probably an average of, you know, three points from play, four points from play. Like, you know, he's a real Rolls Royce. Like, I know we've said it there about Keen Lynch. Billy Drennan's kind of the same. There's a great calmness about him. Got 2-12 over the weekend against Galway. And just... It seems to just handle himself really well. You know, it seems to be very grounded about himself. Um, and I do think he will play a prominent role this year. That's just, again, early, that's just the early look on it at the moment. But um, he just seems to have the attributes of a player that it's not as if he's a flash in the pan at the moment and that he's riding the crest of a wave. He's been really consistent about how he's went about his business and just seeing him play. Um, again, he's not, in, he's not in a rush. He's not in a hurry doing anything. He's really calm and composed and has a great... Uh, I suppose maturity about his play so I think that those elements allow him to have a good year really Okay Skell who are you picking for Hurler and Young Hurler the year? I think I agree more from Brian Nash um, he was the standout player of the league and I don't, don't see him changing too much I, um, no, notable people as well as Kyle Hayes and uh, and Key Lynch three Limerick lads so I'm going to go for Barry Young Hurler of the year you see, it's a bit like last year. We don't have, um, you know, standout candidates that you say, right, it's going to be between these two or three people. Like, Billy Drinn at the minute is, is the standout under 20 person, you could say. And then as I'm going through the list, I actually cannot, for the life of me, think of anybody else under 20, to be honest, who's going to have an impact on their senior team. I'm, I'm, I, I went through all the counties, Will. I went to Waterford, Clare, Tip, you know, Limerick, Galway, Wexford. I, I can't think of anyone that's going to be ultra competitive there for, for, for that's 20, year, 20 years of age Cork is Shane Barrett under 20 is not he's overage isn't he not sure I think I have a sneaky feeling he might be overage if he is he, he will be I think he'll be on the, the first 15 for Cork throughout the year yeah um, but yeah Bill, Bill Adrenaline looks like the obvious option at the minute 
but like that I think TJ's going to take the freeze when he comes back mm. that's just my feeling will he have an impact from play like more than I know Cody Amasi Keown Adrian Mullen I'm just not sure at the moment yeah so I'm leaving yeah. that one open at the minute I know Bill Adrenaline is the one everyone points at but I'm just not convinced yeah, yeah Bar- Barrett's definitely 21 I'm not sure exactly when he turned 21 but he's okay. definitely actually sure is yeah, but isn't it Young Hurler of the Year is 22 years of age now? Yeah, yeah, no, he'd be very much in contention with that. I was just yeah. to answer Skell's point about whether he's oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. still 20s. He should be prominent for the senior hurling team this year. Yeah. Okay, there's a few tricky questions there in fairness to the, the uh, listeners who've been sending them in. Uh, the other one question that I have for you, Skell, did you watch any Father Ted in the seven days since? Oh, come on. No. Right, we're going to send you on homework. Where do you watch it? Is it on YouTube? Is it on Netflix? Yeah, like you watch it. I'd say there's a good few places on. It's definitely on four on demand. It's definitely a few places for excessive. Yeah, I have an idea. If you want to hold off for a little while, how would you like to do a watch along to one of the episodes? And I'll see if I don't get it expanded on YouTube by putting it up there. But I will put a Zoom call on. I'll record, oh, you, record you reacting to it Gogglebox style <laughs> and I'll put the episode on in the background if you'll commit to doing that why wouldn't I no problem that is yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. Let, let's we, find some evening when it suits you and we'll do it so yeah. come here um, so someone said to me the weekend like there's not that many episodes there's only no. like so I thought there was like a hundred no no, 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 no. unfortunately Dermot Morgan passed away in when they yeah. did the third season yeah but one fella tried to tell me there's only like 16 episodes that can't yeah. be yeah. no so it's, it's a bit tough it's about that, yeah. No, there's twenty. There's twenty five altogether. It's three seasons. It's that. Yeah. It's not. There's not that many. And like one is the long episode, which is the Christmas special. And then you've got the first season. Yeah. So you have to check the six, six, ten, and eight. Yeah. So you'll you'll fly through it. They're all like, they're about twenty I, minutes long. Like, ah, they're top notch. As, as quotes, no. I, I go. I know the one. Go on. The cup of tea, Mister Dice. <laughs> hmm. Go on. And that's that's the that's the basic stuff now. Yeah. There's, and I know the one. Stuff. I know the one where your man says um, "close" and "far away." See, the cows, no. Yeah, he yeah. used the cows yeah. to illustrate the point. Yeah, yeah, close yeah. and far away. Yeah, that is just so stupid. Yeah, <laughs> you're going to love this. I guarantee you, you'll come out of this going. Let's watch uh, more than one. That's uh, brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. Yeah, okay. I'll, yeah, find, I'll find an episode. Let's do some evening at your leisure when the cows are in and the kids are gone to bed. Get out the microphones, stick the headphones in. You watch an episode of Father Ted, which I'll send over to you. And what I'll do is I'll record it and I'll stick it over the episode so people can see your reactions to what's happening during the episode. Okay. I'll probably get off. I'll probably get off the ball, kicked off YouTube. We'll, we'll give it a go. Oh uh, yeah, why not? Be all right. Yeah. We claim it's fair use because, in fairness, Father Ted's been over since the late nineties, and I think Graham Lennon has other concerns rather than me if I stick it up at this stage so yeah. we, we will do that one lads it's been a pleasure um, looking forward to breaking down championship weekend one with you next week take care over the week to come sound lads talk to you talk to you